Howdy, y'all. You're listening to Managing Up, Episode 1. I'm Travis Weisgood, and with me is... Brandon Hayes. Hey. Good morning. <laughs> good morning to you as well. Um, so, like all good uh, good ideas, um, we had gotten together to catch up a little while uh, back, and we're like, hey, I've got this great idea I want to run by you. Um, and... You said, that's funny, I had an idea I wanted to run by you, and we've both come up with a, an idea for a podcast, and we're both looking for uh, a co-host to do it, um, and that is this show, uh, Managing Up. Uh, both of us were lamenting the, the, the lack of a podcast or a discussion around uh, managing folks um, and the challenges that that faces. Uh, most uh, most folks in technical leadership end up there because they started out in, uh, as programmers or developers or designers, um, were good at it, um, kept getting promoted, kept getting promoted, and realized they like dealing with people too, um, and ended up in some sort of management position uh, outside of some of the, the huge multinational companies. There tends to be uh, not a ton of support uh, for folks who are doing this for the first time, especially in the space that you and I Uh, seem to gravitate towards in that the small startups or uh, early stage growth companies uh, where we're still sort of getting our feet underneath us. Um, And we both had kind of separately come to the conclusion that it would be awesome to have a show where we could talk about some of the things that we've learned, talk to people um, who we respect, uh, who know a heck of a lot more about this than we do, um, and uh, try to distill some of that knowledge and hopefully provide something useful to folks who might listen to this. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's something that uh, when we were sitting in the parking lot of uh, that rur- semi-rural Austin uh, dirt parking lot bar, uh, it, it, it struck me that uh, the way that you described it, I had been feeling but hadn't elucidated, which is uh, most people managing folks in the, t- the tech industry don't ha- have any formal training in management. And there are a lot of resources out there for management. It's a very old industry. You know, managing people is something that's been around for, you know, hundreds or maybe even thousands of years. Uh, you know, leadership is not a new skill, but uh, it's formally been done uh, previously by a generations of people that go to school for this stuff. And, you know, uh, their entire program is built around this. But most people in technology leadership don't have that formal training. So being able to connect people with uh, an on-ramp of these types of resources, giving different levels of experience uh, and being able to have discussions around that stuff is something that uh, I, I wish I would have had uh, in my earlier times trying to manage technical teams. And obviously, like you said, you and I are still learning this stuff. So I'm excited to start these discussions with you. Yeah. So today, today, yeah. the first one, we're going to we're coming out guns blazing. So uh, some of the topics we've been talking about have been uh, more general about uh, general management ideas and challenges. Uh, some of them are very spe- all, uh, specific all the way down to, hey, we read a specific book and we'd like to talk about it. And uh, we're coming out uh, out of the gate with, with a book that you actually recommended. Um, and I'll, I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, so it's Measure What Matters by John Dewar. Um, I was looking on Audible uh, back uh, about a month ago when my credits reset. I was like, what should I get? And I'm going through the recommended books. Um, and this one popped up, uh, and it caught my eyes. I was reading the description because it talked about OKRs. Um, and OKRs are a term uh, that I've come across a couple of times uh, in my career, but I've never really been introduced to them. And every time that I've used them at companies, uh, I've said, you know, this seems like there's a, there's something here. Um, but they were always treated like a checkbox. Um, 
my leadership directly above me was doing something to satisfy the leadership directly above them, which was doing something to satisfy the leadership above them and so on and so forth. Uh, and all of this was in service of a CEO who had been sold by an HR team who had been sold by someone that built a product um, that OKRs were the way to, to manage an organization. But there was no real support or uh, understanding to the folks who were implementing it. Um, but I could see the, the, the germ of something, something interesting there. Uh, so when I saw the book and saw it was really highly rated on Audible, um, seemed like an interesting uh, idea. I was like, well, let me dive into this and, and uh, figure out more about it and see what I can learn about and see what I can take away from it. And I, was, I finished it you know, probably in less than a week. Um, I just powered through it. Um, it. Part of that's helped by the fact that I listen to Audible books on 2X now. But yeah. um, <laughs> the, I, I've... Every now and then I'll accidentally, like uh, when I upgrade a phone or something like that and Audible resets and it goes back to the 1X, I'm like, how do people listen to it? This <laughs> people sound slow. drunk at 1X. I know. I, I really think they do slow it down. Um, yeah. I, I, there's no way that that's what people actually uh, talk like. Yeah. Um, one and a half is, for me, normal speak. Yep. Um, and then 2X is like, oh, yeah, I, I can definitely follow the thread. Um, but I powered through it. it if, for a book like that, it wasn't particularly long, I think, maybe – uh, seven hours or something like that. So two X, it's three and a half, four hours, something like that. Um, but uh, it's filled with a, a an overview of what the OKR system is, the background of it, um, and uh, then goes into a whole bunch of case studies. Um, so I've been throwing around OKR, um, and I'm assuming that everybody that's listening to this is going to know exactly what that is. Yeah, no, um, we should call for a definition, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, the first time I came across it, I was like, I raised my hand and being like, uh, OKR, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> um, and everybody's like, oh, yeah. Uh, so it's objectives and key results. Um, so uh, it's a management goal-setting style uh, where the company, like in an idealized organization that has bought in all the way uh, from the top to the bottom and everybody has OKRs, the general idea is that you have a handful of company-level uh, objectives for a given quarter, for a given year. Um, it depends on, on what, uh, uh, what length of time you want to go with. Um, and then under those, you have uh, three to maybe as many as five key results. Um, so how are you going to measure that? Uh, one of the more famous ones um, that I'm aware of when I started looking in this space and I talked to people every Lots of people have heard about heard of this, whether or not they've heard of uh, OKRs as a, a methodology, uh, is YouTube's uh, billion minutes watched. Um, this was an objective for them. They wanted to get to a billion minutes watched in a 24-hour period. Um, and that was the, the top line for, for YouTube. Um, and th there was there was one key result. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that was the main thing. And everything that every uh, a product manager, every designer, every engineer worked on uh, for the I believe it was about eighteen months that they were working towards this. Um, but everybody was moving in that direction. Um, and they had the so the way this works is you have something at the top line like that that's super uh, aggressive uh, and. Uh, something that you're trying to align everyone in the company towards solving. Um, and then the individual teams below that. So let's say that that's the CEO that set that. The VPs that roll up into the CTO are going to have uh, objectives. Some of it's going to feed into what the company objectives are. Um, and then they're going to have some personal ones as well, some things that they want to do to be better at their job. Um, and uh, the key results that they'll be able to measure all of, all of their OKRs. And that continues to trickle down uh, from department to department. 
Um, so if you're in product, uh, something that you might be doing in service of that billion minutes is uh, doing more user research. Um, understand what keeps people on the site. Um, if you're on a data intelligence team, it might be working on the recommendation engine for the watch next. Um, if you're on uh, the, the web development team, it might be how can we speed up the loading of a video so that it loads faster? Can we start preloading things? Like there's all sorts of things that you could do that are all in service of that. And your objective for a quarter might be something like work, uh, uh, improve the, the uh, up next uh, algorithm. Yep. So that's the objective. We want this to be better. And then the key results and the way you're gonna measure that uh, is how, do you, how would, what value would it provide if this was better? Um, and how can we measure that? Um, so some just off the top of my head, if I was doing something like that, I would think, okay, um, well, the main reason that we're doing all this is to try to get to that top line objective of the, the billion minutes. Um, so maybe it's that we have an increase of, let's say it's 25% or 50% uh, increase in people that go to the second, the next video when they're watching it. Um, and that's a really, like you hit that or you didn't. Um, it's really black or white. Some companies will do it so that they are, um, that it's either green or it's red, uh, it's passing or it's failing. Uh, like there, <laughs> there is no try. Yeah. Um, some companies will do it that like, you know what? Okay. We want, we aimed for 50%. We got 40%. All right. You know what? We were 80% of the way there. We'll consider this 80% done. Um, right. So, so it's really interesting to see all the different ways that this gets, uh, implemented. Um, and, it all kind of, the whole point of any of, of doing this OKR, so you have these objectives and you have key results, and the idea is the whole purpose of it is alignment. Because mm -hmm. most, most organizations, they talk about this in the book, that the, it's becoming critically, like, uh, the, the, uh, becoming critically important for organizations to be aligned. Uh, it, it used to maybe not you know, be as big a deal as organizations you know, ran slower, but um, as things are moving faster, uh, we're building SaaS products, customers, you know, like suddenly everybody's working on uh, a company level uh, objective of some kind. Um, and so it becomes more and more important for to achieve that kind of alignment. And, and I think everybody's had teams where you see people pulling in different directions or duplicating effort, or some people are really intrinsically motivated and think it's, you know, like, and, and will push themselves and other people on the team, uh, you know, may have a different idea of what, you know, achievement looks like. And so the idea is unifying a vision of uh, what the what the company is trying to accomplish, uh, which teams are uh, holding what. Uh, John Doerr uh, uses a football metaphor to explain mm -hmm. this to people and has for like 30 years yep. talking, you know, top like he explains it in a top down way. But really, the idea is to give autonomy at each level. So the, the goal is to make the uh, the owner of the team more money by having a successful team. Um, but that's not a very motivating goal for the people beneath them. But in order to do that, uh, you, you know, they need to be winning Super Bowls. And so it's the job of the general manager to win Super Bowls. So the general manager will uh, create, you know, OKRs to uh, roll that roll up to that goal. And so the objectives are, are is win the Super Bowl. The key results are. I hired an you know uh, offensive coordinator. I raised the salary cap so that I could hire more superstar players or whatever. So uh, everybody has these goals that kind of roll up to an objective uh, that they go to their team with and say, okay, what we're trying to get here, uh, who's got who's got what 
objective and how are we going to measure that? And that rolls down all the way down to an individual. Uh, an individual person will have objectives that they're trying to achieve. Uh, and they get to have a say in that as long as it rolls up to what the company is trying to achieve uh, and they're willing to be transparent about it. One of the one of the key ideas behind these OKRs uh, that has far, far reaching effects is that they're transparent. Um, that ev like there is some place where all the OKRs are visible to anybody. And this is sort of a radical idea. I, like this actually triggered discomfort in me because I've never <laughs> done this before. Uh, and so I, I like sharing what I am working on, what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, but the idea of other people from the organization being able to you know snipe across and be like, hey, why are you doing that? And you're not doing this. Um, but the reality is actually very empowering to be able to point to your list of things when somebody walks up to your desk and says, hey, you know, I need you to drop everything you're doing and do this. And you're like, no, 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 look at, look at this. Is there one of these things that you feel like this is more important than? Because uh, we need to have a separate conversation. Uh, it gives you the power to say no to things, to be able yeah. to have these objectives that you know you're going to be measured on. So you, you also talked about the red green thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so one of the things that they talked about was uh, a ranking system from 0.1 to 1.0. And uh, for, for things that you're absolutely committed to, like, hey, we either did this or didn't, uh, anything below 1.0 would be considered failure and yeah. things that are sort of stretchy or aspirational, you know, if you got an 0.7, that's pretty, pretty sick. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe they call the difference between aspirational and, uh, was it tactical? Commit, committed? Committed. That's right. Aspirational and committed. Committed are the things that you have to deliver, um, as a team, um, as a company. Um, and then the aspirational are the things uh, that are, Hey, we like, this is the place we want to go. This is the the flag we are planting, how do we get there? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really like that model of breaking it down between those two because uh, sometimes uh, in organizations that I've been, if there is any formal goal setting process, um, it's either all aspirational and then just kind of gets shoved over to the side. Okay, right. we had that great exercise. Now let's go back to getting the work done we got to. Yes. Um, or it's all just the work that's got to get done and there's no, there's nothing to strive for or towards in that. Um, the, I, I like having a, a good mix of those. Um, I did really, uh, the, the team analogy really did resonate with me um, and, and using that as a way to, to create that roll up. Uh, the idea that uh, a running back is working on uh, an, a company OKR to make more money for the, the team and the owner um, isn't really all of that uh, that inspiring. But when you think about what the running backs, like what are they being going to be measured on? What are the things that they can get better? What are the things that they can do to help the team and help the team move the team in the direction that it, that it's uh, going towards, which is that win a Super Bowl. Um, you can start to f follow that line all the way up. And it's the working on uh, my 100-yard uh, uh, dash speed is going to be enough to uh, to help move that top line OKR um, in a way that's really, uh, it, that you can follow the line through, but is more meaningful to you as a running back that this is the thing that I'm going to get better at. I'm gonna increase my speed by 5% in the off season. So things yeah. like that. One of the things I loved about uh, the idea of OKRs is I've been saying for a little while, you, like I've worked at a few startups and you've probably heard this, uh, where people will say, I need missionaries, not mercenaries. And what that tells me is that I'm dealing with a very lazy manager. 
Because what they mean is, I need somebody who's so self-motivated to my goals and so aligned to my goals that I don't have to think about what their goals are to make sure that they're, they're in alignment. Um, and so the, like Jerry Rice was not a missionary for the, you know, the owner of the 49ers. He was like, yeah. Hey, I want to win Super Bowls for me. And so what OKRs give you is a, a, actually a surprisingly lightweight, I think from what I can tell a lightweight framework to be able to allow people's personal, you know, goals and objectives and mission to stay in alignment. Like, Hey, there are like five things that you may or may not want to accomplish with your career. One of them might be to get a sneaker endorsement. One of them might be to, you know, what, whatever those are for you, you can put that stuff in this framework, make sure that it's aligned with what the company and, and the organization needs and uh, accomplish those goals in a way that actually moves the organization forward. And you can kind of weed out the ones that don't like, hey, uh, at, at work, I want to work on a side project that lets me you know, do VR. I'm like, well, I work at a financial company. There's probably not a lot of practical application for VR, but there's probably something that I do have a goal of, like maybe speaking at a conference about something that I know. Um, being able to take my personal goals and choose the ones that align and, and move the business forward in some meaningful way and then be held accountable for that, uh, giving that framework is actually something that could be really powerful uh, to, to basically unblock people from you know, pulling in a bunch of different directions that don't let the, let the organization move forward. Yeah, the, the comment there about pulling in different directions, there's, a, there's an analogy early on in the book um, about uh, telling people to go to the center of Europe. If you tell a whole team of people to go to the center of Europe, you're going to end up with people all over Europe yeah. because you didn't say what center. <laughs> uh, are you counting uh, the um, uh, Scandinavian countries? Okay, so pull it a little bit north. Um, do you have Iceland in it? Okay, pull it a little bit east. Yeah. Um, and so you have to provide some sort of framework around like this is so we're going to the, the objective is go to the center of Europe. And here's how we're going to measure that. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's I think that's a. Uh, there's either, uh, in my experience, I've seen it kind of go uh, two different ways. It's either, uh, it's all, okay, this, these are the objectives. Um, we're not going to tell you what how we're going to measure that, but these are the objectives. Um, or it's all just, okay, here's the bullet list of things that you need to do. And you lose that, that understanding of why is this important? What is this in service of? And I think it's the tying those two together that was the thing that really uh, spoke to me. I think a fear a lot of people had, and, and I had somebody describe OKRs to me a few years ago, and it still, it never sank in, and I never, I don't think I worked in organizations that felt big enough to benefit from mm -hmm. uh, implementing OKRs, because I was a, you know, 10 to 20 people uh, in an organization. I, I now may, may question that, because I do think that's not too early to have that conversation. Uh, but now that I work at a little larger organization, I can definitely see the benefit of it. Um, and it feels like when it was being described to me as sort of this waterfall approach that somebody sets the top line company mm -hmm. objectives and that those sort of are supposed to trickle down until people, uh, people basically buy in at, at the bottom level, but it really is the opposite of waterfall. It really was designed to counteract these waterfall hierarchical objectives that are set where, Hey, your, your, uh, department's goal is to, you know, raise the, uh, you know, raise our profit margin by, you know, 0.2% or whatever, and you need to do everything that you can do to make that happen. Um, it really is allowing these organizations to choose what those goals are and make sure that they align with the company's overall objectives. And it gives people, um, you know, down a step on the org chart, the ability to push back and say, hey, this is where, this is what we want to accomplish. Uh, and 
and it sort of creates a little bit of a protective bubble um, from from being dictated to from these waterfall style things. And so it's it's subtle, and I haven't seen it in practice. And I'm wondering if uh, have you ever used the OKR system, or uh, if you have any experience that you can kind of re relate to, or tried it and failed. Or uh, I'm wondering if you have uh, had any hands on with that. Yeah. So I. I... The first company that I was introduced to it at, um, I would consider it a failure now having read that book um, <laughs> because it was a, a top down. Uh, the CEO got up at the company, uh, the annual kickoff meeting um, and was talking about this amazing thing that we're going to be rolling out in a few weeks. It's going to be awesome. You'll be able to see I like it. He gave the, the, the 30 second elevator pitch on OKRs um, and saying this is coming in a couple of weeks. Well, in a couple of weeks, it started trickling out to to you. Uh, upper management and then um, uh, middle management and, and on down from there. Um, and it was treated by everybody in the org, or at least in my part of the org, um, as a, uh, a checkbox. All right, yep. let's just get this out of the way, set an hour on the calendar, um, write these up, let's review them. Uh, there, and, and there was, I don't want to say it was a complete, uh, a complete failure. There was some back and forth with my manager um, at the time. Uh, to go through and kind of edit them and say, well, this isn't really like, this is too uh, solutions oriented. Um, this is saying what the key result is in the objective. Let's edit that back and like work through this. And mm -hmm. uh, so a little bit of back and forth on that. But then once we were done, we had spent a grand total of maybe, maybe an hour or two uh, over the course of a, a week or two between some one-on-ones and, and uh, the time to sit down and actually write them. Um, and then it was like, all right, that's great okay, let's get back to business. Um, and we sort of left it to the side. And then I think it was probably two quarters later before we even like looked at them again. And it was brought up, hey, how's it? How's everybody doing on their OKRs? I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so like, there was there was bits and pieces of it that was there, but I don't think there was the 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 buy-in and understanding of how they could be used. And that was one of the things that was uh, one of the case studies in the book. They talk about uh, bringing it into larger companies and how to do that rollout. I've been talking about doing it as, as a, uh, for lack of a better word, a top-down rollout, yeah. um, but starting with the executive team. Um, and, okay, this is how we're going to hold ourselves accountable as an executive team um, and doing all that. Um, and then they roll it out to their uh their managers or directors or VPs or, or whatever the next layer is below them in the next quarter. Yeah. Um, and so you do a quarter successfully with it, um, a quarter or two successfully and roll it out. Um, and if you're doing that, you're talking about possibly a year long, uh, two year process, depending on how big your organization is, how many la uh, layers of, of management you have. Uh, but you get the opportunity to be super hands on all the way through so that by the time it's getting uh, out of the, the management into the, the rank and file, there's actually like there's buy-in and people have seen this successfully moving the needle for the company. Um, so people understand what, what it is and, and they've been a part of it as well. Right. And there's like a default level of engagement that you won't get if people don't see their leaders actually embodying it. And so when you talked about it, you know, it, it, it sounded, you know, it sounds weird to say top down rollout, but really it is like lead by example rollout. Yes. Yeah, that's a much better way of putting that. <laughs> yeah, well, because it, it top down would just be it, the prescriptive tell everybody this is what we're doing versus hey, this is what we are, this is what we have already done. This is how we're holding each other accountable and making um, evangelists out of the people that are bringing it to their teams. And yeah. so it lets you sort of sell the team on the benefit in an authentic way instead of 
uh, sort of prescribe it as, oh, I found an, I found it, somebody was talked about it like an exercise program or, or a diet. It's not like, oh, hey, I found this cool like juice fast that we can do as a team that's going to make us work better together. It's like very difficult to not to roll your eyes when you're being prescribed something that looks like off the cover of, uh, you know, management magazine. OKR is the new hotness. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, it, you know, people are going to engage their skepticism. And so you have to be, when you decide to do something like this, you have to be authentic and you have to, uh, you have to show that, that you're as a, in management willing to buy in at a, uh, a level, at least as much as your team is. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the key in that the idea of OKRs is an open system. If you start with just the executive team and the executive team is saying, Hey, this is how we're holding us ourselves accountable this next quarter. Yeah. Here's what we're doing. And if you um, let your team open, take a look at that, yeah. And, and let everybody in and see what's going on, and but you don't tell everybody else to do it. Um, that helps build that trust of, oh, yeah. And if you're getting up at your quarterly meetings and saying, hey, here's what we did last quarter. Here's where we, we knocked it out of the park. Here's where we failed. Um, here's what we've learned. And this these are the objectives uh, that are rolling over and some key results that are coming along because we still haven't hit them. Um, yeah. And here's the new ones. Yeah, you can um, see my grades. You can see where I'm an 0.3 or an 0.1 or uh, on something that I had hoped to hit at least an 0.7. Yeah, um, yeah you hear a lot uh, of companies that talk about being uh, an open book um, as a company. Um, and I think OKRs are, are definitely a way that speaks to companies that have that. But uh, to your point earlier about feeling a little uncomfortable, I think if you've been in companies where that's not the norm, where that's something that, that uh, people don't think about uh, the company as everything is open. Uh, we talk about uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, the that's gonna be a bit uncomfortable, um, and especially like I I can hear the battle scars uh, that you've had. Um, I know I have my share uh, from companies that you got out of and you're like, oh wow, that was actually really toxic to me as a person. When you're saying, oh, is somebody yeah. gonna be sniping me over this? Yeah. Um, and like if you that it's a can be a good uh, measuring stick to say, hey, are there people here that are toxic? Because like somebody doing that, that's a toxic behavior. That's a really right. easy thing to call out. If you've got somebody who's constantly, they're always green. They've never stretched themselves at all. And they're constantly, every chance they get, calling out everybody around them uh, yep. that's failing. Yeah, um, I've, been, I've been asked in the past uh, uh, when I've talked about building teams of, uh, with shared accountability, where, hey, we want peer-to-peer level accountability and they're like, well, what if you don't trust your teammates? And I was like, yeah, well, then you're, then you're screwed. Like, cause that the system doesn't work if your team doesn't trust each other. And so there are prerequisites to something like OKRs. And one of them is a, uh, I, John Dewar even called it psychological safety, like yeah. psychological safety. This doesn't, this sounds like woo woo uh, to a lot of people. This doesn't sound like management theory, but it's yeah. actually one of the most crucial pieces of management theory, mm-hmm. which is, are your people free to ask questions that expose themselves as ignorant or to fail at trying to accomplish something that they weren't hundred percent sure they could accomplish. Uh, are they free to do that? Or are they going to get sniped at by teammates? Um, because there is low trust in that environment. And so if you don't have that level of trust, you will fail at using a system that whose job is to increase transparency and, uh, freedom to fail and risk taking. Um, and so there, what I would love to have is a book that's like called like the road to OKRs and tell you how to <laughs> build a culture on your team that it has fertile soil for something like this, because yeah. I think not every team is quite ready for this yet. And so understanding specifically what those, uh, and it really does come down to psychological safety, trust, and a willingness to try and fail at something. Mm-hmm. And 
part of that is showing that your leadership is willing to do that. And so you maybe OKRs in your leadership team is a way that you can start building that out uh, and showing, hey, uh, I tried to do this and I failed at it and I didn't get fired. And it's not because I'm the boss. It's because this is something trying and failing at something. Uh, as long as you learn something and you uh, you progress is something that we value. Um, so being able to be vulnerable like that with your team, again, it's an exercise in trust, but maybe you can help build that trust. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel like I, I just heard a, a book proposal uh, right there. <laughs> yeah, you can write it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that does, uh, we've been talking about theory and talking about case studies and, and other folks. Is this something you're going to try? Um, so I've already, yeah, I mean, you know, you read a good business book um, when you like run, run to your boss and you're like, hey, have you read this book? And they're like, no, but I read one basically that's exactly the same book and says all the same things. And uh, so we've was, talked about it pretty extensively. Was it the same book that's basically the same thing? Was it uh, the hard thing about hard things? It might be that one. Is it is hard thing about hard things about OKR specifically? Because it was basically no. an OKR book. No. Uh, so, okay. So the, there are a handful of OKR books, but the hard thing about hard things um, talks about OKRs. I haven't read the book, uh, so okay. I, I, I don't know. Um, but as I understand it, um, it talks about OKRs because it is. Um, oh, geez, who was it that that uh, wrote it? It's the um, the guy that was at uh, Intel in the '80s and was on the like Google and uh, Apple board. Okay. Um, they, uh, oh. Bill Campbell. Uh, let me see. No, I, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's ben, about Ben Horowitz. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, ben maybe he's writing a story about somebody, um, but it's the uh, um, uh, it was the story of the management at uh, Intel, if I if I'm recalling this correctly, mm-hmm. and uh, and they talk about it, and I I've worked with CEOs who point to that as like a seminal book in their understanding of how to run companies, um, mm-hmm. and they talk about that. So Intel was one of the 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 companies that really brought this to the forefront. Um, and and made it work at massive scale, um, and yeah, then this, that kind of fed into the Valley culture. So you have places like uh, Google and, and uh, uh, Box and places like that all adopting this uh, because they they they've seen it work at scale uh, in these other companies. And like uh, Larry Page at uh, and Eric Schmidt at Google, like attribute most of Google's success to having adopted this. Um, and kind of foisting it on every company that they bought and brought into the fold. Yeah. Like yeah. One thing, one thing I'm always cautious about is uh, taking something that Google does and, and t- taking it as gospel because like not every yeah. business is Google and, and uh, the stuff that Google does to achieve Google scale is actually yeah. toxic to other, like, they're like, Oh, we could oh, have absolutely. done this without microservices. And you're like, yeah, but that's not necessarily appropriate for my like little, you know, toy application I'm building. Yeah. Um, hiring is one that I love when people are like, Oh, well Google yeah. and Microsoft do this. It's like, yeah, but they also hire a hundred engineers a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're working yep. at a different scale here. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, they gave such a good range in this yeah. book. And so I'm just going to come out and say, I totally recommend this book. And I think that the book is something that um, you'll read and then you'll want to share with people in your organization. And like, I want to go to people in my current organization and share it with them. And um, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to drive. Cause the question is like, I, I, one of the things, one of the conversations I had with my boss is like, Hey, I'm a management manager in the middle of this company. Um, when I owned a company, I would have rolled this out to the company for sure. I would have said, Hey, I'm going to start using this and then we're going to hold each other accountable as a leadership team. And I want to see that, uh, my hope is that if this works for us, that you'll be open to trying it. Um, 
and you can kind of start from the bottom too and say, hey, you know, our little team that we're doing, we're going to try using OKRs to, to do this and use it as a test bed for the rest of the company. Can you start in the middle uh, and hope that it rolls up and down? I don't know. And so the, yeah. you know, uh, it's well, a, and it, to be to be an engineer in an engineering org in a company that's not just an engineering organization. Yeah. Um, that you also have the can it roll sideways? Um, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting experiment. Um, so I'm definitely looking to adopt it um, uh, at my company uh, and like in doing it in the lead by example. It's like, OK, this I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. This is this is my next quarter. Um, and then go from there. So it sounds like we're both going to have some some check-ins along the way about yep. how this is working and, and where this goes. And I guess if we keep uh, notes well enough, maybe we do have a uh, the beginning of a, a Road to OKRs book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely think um, this is something that uh, I definitely want to check back in on. And I want to um, bring, this seems like a powerful enough concept that it probably you know deserves to be reinforced and addressed again. And uh, it's not, you know, it's doesn't, it's not the prescription that solves every ailment in an organization, oh, but absolutely. it's, it's really powerful. Um, uh, a, f- a friend of mine, Mark Rick Meyer, he's the CEO at a consultancy called table XI, uh, is the person that tried to introduce this to me a few years ago. And, uh, I wish I had listened better cause I probably would have run a better organization at that point. Um, and they seem to have had a lot of success with it. And, uh, so, so I know from organizations small to large that this is something that, um, if, if you bring in this concept of OKRs, uh, it's certainly, it's at least worth investigating, um, deeply enough. Like this book is pretty shallow. It's just an overview and a couple of case studies. And this is something a person could accidentally, like you could accidentally spend your entire life studying the, oh, why this absolutely. works, how it works. Um, and so, uh, it, it's definitely worth investigating to the tune of, you know, seven hours to listen to the audiobook. So. Travis, I'm excited about this, man. I'm excited about uh, yeah. the people that we're going to get to talk to and the things that I've already learned in the process of getting this podcast uh, spun up. And I hope that this has been enlightening for other people. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to get back into the podcasting game. It's been um, a couple of years uh, since the ATX web show uh, started to spin down. Um, we've never officially closed it. We've never had, uh, turned off the lights and said, okay, this is the goodbye episode. Um, but it's been a few years since we've done anything. Um, and I've been trying to figure out like, okay, what I want to get back in and do this. What is it that I want to do? Um, and it was just the, the perfect, uh, confluence of events, um, and us happening to catch up with each other, uh, that, uh, this idea came out and, uh, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. All right, man. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and, uh, to everybody listening, thanks for giving this a shot. Uh, I hope it was enlightening and, uh, we'll be back. Uh, in a couple weeks with another episode. And uh, as we start getting our schedule figured out, we'll talk about what's coming up uh, in the future, but expect interviews and more topics and our failures and uh, hopefully some jokes along the way.